je t'aime, so many ways to say, I love you. One emotion to rule them all. Love has started wars, it has uplifted and it has destroyed. It has the power to pour water all over your plans or it can build something where there was absolutely nothing before. We love love, but sometimes we hate the damn thing. <laughs> But what is it about this emotion that makes even the greatest kings and queens fall? Today, we briefly explore the origins of Valentine's Day, our first interaction with love as babies, and the chemicals responsible for those nervous, exciting feelings which we have when we meet someone. Valentine's Day is not too far off. And because of this festival, February is known as the month of love. Celebrated in honor of one or two early Christian martyrs named St. Valentine, there isn't a single story behind Valentine's Day. Rather, there are a few folk tales. From a pagan festival where women were whipped with the skin and blood of an animal sacrifice, yes, this happened, to celebrating a defiant Father Valentine who would marry young lovers in secret against the wishes of Emperor Claudius II. Today, the festival is celebrated everywhere and highly commercialized, much to the delight of many, many businesses. In 2021, in the U.S. alone, the planned Valentine's Day spending was expected to reach an estimated $22 billion. But what is it about love that makes us lose all our spending sense? Well, the one or two people that set the stage for how we pursue and give love in our lives, are our parents. Psychologist Dr. Beverly Palmer claims, we are born as helpless infants, dependent on our parent to fulfill our needs. Love then becomes a need fulfillment, and we seek the same love out as adults. She goes on to explain that when children feel protected and nurtured by their parents, their need for emotional nurturing is, well, it's fulfilled. And because their cup is so full, so to speak, they are then able to pour love back to the parents in return. So what you have learned about love from your parents, or what you are knowingly or unknowingly teaching your own children about love, will eventually determine how they love others and also how you love as an adult. Palmer also said, if your parents fulfill your need to be emotionally nurtured by giving you love, you then developed into an adult who has love to give. But if your emotional needs were not nurtured, you did not fully develop and instead became a demanding and anxious adult still seeking the love you missed as a child. Let me pause for a moment and say this. Even if you experience neglect abuse, or came from a non-loving home, it does not, and I repeat, it does not mean that you're not capable of love. It just means you'll have an opportunity to learn and resolve these knots from your past, so you can both receive and give the kind of love that every human being deserves. In the same vein, Palmer also mentioned that in order to find love, we must first be able to give love. 
And we must have this love to give within ourselves. She explained that when you're actually feeling lovable, you end up projecting all of that, well, let's call it vibes, all of those vibes out to other people and they will notice. And the contrary is also true. So if you're feeling, oh, I'm not worthy, I don't think I'm lovable, that lack of confidence is going to go out and be felt by those around you. Bottom line, people, is this. Do you like yourself? Would you want to spend time with you? And do you honestly love yourself? Or are you self-sabotaging and abusing yourself without realizing and hoping that someone or something will fix it? Many years ago in school, a teacher did an exercise with us. I think this was probably in civics class or something like that because we didn't really have anything called a love class. And she asked us to write all the qualities that we want in a partner. As in, we just had to yell it out and she would write it on the board. And a typhoon of answers came in. Honest, loyal, responsible, caring, affectionate, funny, calm. Once we were done, she turned around and asked us, how many of these qualities can you fulfill? It's a very humbling exercise and sometimes it's also good to see if the other person is matching what you bring to the table. Maybe you're being taken for granted and you deserve more joy. If you just need time to put yourself back together like Humpty Dumpty or build back the pieces of your heart, then do that. People always say we should work on ourselves and that really, really irritates me because leave work for work. You shouldn't be work, you know? Instead, it should be about creating yourself and enjoying yourself. Because only when you're having fun or you're fully invested in creating you and loving you, that you're going to be able to get through the challenges that you're going to face on the way. If you treat it like work, you're not going to want to do it. And it's not easy But you have to believe that you are lovable and you deserve that love and that you're willing and emotionally available to be vulnerable to also share and give it to someone. Relationship expert Kevin Darn says that your someone should actually have the same values and aspirations as you do. While the term opposites attract is very popular, it's not very effective. There may be cases that work out once in a while, sure, no problem. But generally speaking, research shows that opposites may temporarily excite, but not necessarily sustain. The excitement at the beginning stages of lust and and attraction is due to chemicals in the brain. And these stimulate adrenaline production that causes the racing heart and sweaty palms. And there is another chemical, which we call dopamine, the feel-good chemical. And another one with a really long name, which I don't even want to try to pronounce. But that is released when we're near our crush and that gives us butterflies in our tummy. So you basically have these three hormones dancing and doing Bollywood dancing in your brain uh, while we have our friends called testosterone and estrogen, which are regularly making an appearance uh, like many other mammals uh, on this planet who also have these same hormones. And all of these put together give rise to the various sensations that you feel in your body and you become completely oblivious 
to these person's flaws. Now, this covers the first two stages. The third stage is where all that excitement takes a backseat. And you begin to feel bonded and comfortable with this person. And this is where you start considering long-term plans. In today's world, love may not be considered as important. Our partners may not be as devoted as previous generations. But it also doesn't change the fact that many of us may not need someone, but we do want someone to share a life with, to have as a companion, and to love. Everyone loves being loved. And we also need to be willing to love others because that's what love really is. All the science in the world can explain the origins of this emotion in our brains and in our bodies. But it doesn't always explain why some couples never fall out of love even after 50 years together. Or why some people just know in their gut that he or she is the one. And why even in their first meeting... They feel like they've known each other forever. Love can be a tricky thing, but when it's with the right person, there should be no tricks. Ask yourself honestly, do you love yourself? Thanks for joining me today. If you want to stay connected, head over to Instagram or Facebook, find Little Wisdom Podcast and hit follow. My name is Shub and I'll catch you next time on Little Wisdom, where we look into science and spirituality for self-development and sometimes a bit of fun. <laughs> Till then, take care, stay wise, and love yourself.